Welcome, I'm Victoria Schneps, and today my A-lister is a very special man. Errol Pierre is the senior vice president of state programs for the 5,000 employee Health First program, serving so many people in our New York City region. Welcome, Errol. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Vicki, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's great to see you again. Well, I know we uh, we figured out that uh, you're now a Brooklynite. Absolutely. And I thought I I think that being uh, you know from the Bronx and going to Brooklyn, you know, you know the city better than anybody because that's you know when you're there, you really live the life. And I know that you grew up in the Bronx, so tell with me a little bit about growing up years that you've achieved such great success, you report directly to the CEO of Health First. Who inspired you when you were a kid? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, I watched my parents, specifically my father, who came from Haiti and moved to uh, New York in uh, 1969. I watched him get up every morning at 4 a.m. to go to work. And he really had the work ethic and had the diligence and the discipline to put a roof over me and my brother's head. And that's really what inspired me when I saw the work that he did. I can only imagine what my life would be like if my parents didn't come to America and I grew up in Haiti and it would be a totally different lifestyle. So when I was a kid, I saw his work ethic. So as I grew up, I just knew I had to do the same thing, work hard, focus on education, uh, be humble, and really make sure that I can do the best that I can. You had a wonderful role model. You know, I do think that we learn from our family. And this is a very, you know, powerful mentor. Nobody's better than your own family, seeing what they did and how they achieved success. And I know now you have gotten this job as senior vice president at uh, the state programs. Talk, tell me a little bit at Health First what it's like for the services that you provide. Sure. So Health First is the largest nonprofit health plan in New York State. We are 1.9 million members strong. So 1.9 million New Yorkers call Health First their health plan. And we offer a wide range of services from Medicaid, which is for low-income New Yorkers, Medicare, which is for seniors, and even commercial insurance for people who make too much money for Medicaid all throughout the five boroughs, Long Island and parts of Hudson Valley up to Sullivan County. Uh, my role is really leading product and sales for our Medicaid business, our long-term care business and our commercial business, which is for people who make too much for Medicaid. And it's a joy of mine. I love what I do. Um, Health First is an amazing organization and we're nonprofit. So any of the revenue that we have left over after we pay everything out, we actually provide it back to the physicians that we partner with to deliver great care in the community. So share with me a little bit about what Health First is separates itself from some of the other major health insurance programs. Sure. So one of the big ones is that we really pride ourselves on quality. And quality is the measurement of how often do members get the care that they need. So the example of, of that is, do you get annual physicals? Do you get breast cancer screenings, colonoscopies, colorectal screenings, all the things you need to stay healthy from a preventive care perspective. And we are one of the highest ranked quality programs in the state. Uh, There's actually a product we offer called Essential Plan, 
we're the highest ranking essential plan product in the entire state. And that's for people who make too much for Medicaid or for uh, people who are immigrants that have been here less than five years. So we really pride ourselves in quality. The other thing is we also work with our physicians and our hospitals and our uh, providers very closely. So we have what we call a value-based arrangement, which means rather than focusing on providing care based on volume, like lots of visits, we really focus on the outcome and making sure people are healthier. So we work very closely with our hospitals and our physicians on ensuring patients get the care that they need, and then they get rewarded for for the outcomes, which is very unique because not a lot of health insurance plans actually focus on health outcomes. So when you talk about doctors and hospitals, how do you choose which hospitals, let's say I was a member, what hospital I can go to, because you do service the whole city of New York, correct? And you set up to Sullivan County? Yes, yes. So How there's- does that work? Yes, so there's- I remember. There's, there's a bunch of hospitals that we work very closely with because they're part of our board and they're part of our, what they call, they sponsor us. And so those hospitals are like Montefiore, Mount Sinai, NYU, SUNY Downstate, Northwell, other hospitals in, in Brooklyn as well, like Interfaith Hospital. These are hospitals that we partner with, including Momonides, and they actually help us with strategy. So those are all in network and we have a special relationship with them. And then we also have other hospitals that, that we work with as well, like Presbyterian Hospital, that's in our network too. So our network is very robust. We have lots of doctors, lots of hospitals, and even community physicians as well. So we have a very, very robust access to physicians. Well, you said the biggest and the best hospitals, you know, you rattle them off like this. <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> you know it well. But, you know, you are also a very interesting man, having worked with Blue Cross Blue Shield and now working with Health First. But I also know you wrote a book. Yes. Would you share with us the name of the book and its subject? Sure. So the book is called The Way Up, Climbing the Corporate Mountain as a Professional of Color. And it describes my personal journey from working in a warehouse at a beauty supply store when I was a high schooler, all the way to becoming chief operating officer for Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield. And it's a story of rising up the ranks as a person of color, as a black man in corporate America. I also interview 11 other executives of color uh, and ask them about their journey through corporate America. And then I also add lots of data and statistics that talk about ways to improve diversity at the upper echelons of corporate America, too. From those 11 interviews, and obviously yourself, uh, there had to be some link between them. Did you find a common link? Absolutely. Yeah. The the common link I found was uh, mentorship. Uh, There's nothing more powerful than having a mentor. The word mentor comes from... Uh, the famous Greek uh, poem, The Odyssey, and that's where Odysseus goes to fight in the Trojan War. He's leaving for a couple of years. He wants someone to watch over his son. The one person he trusts enough to watch over his son was a man named Mentor. And that just explains the type of relationship you have with a mentor that shows you the ropes. Reason being, I had blue collar parents. My mom um, cleaned houses. My, my father washed dishes. Many other people of color also have uh, blue-collar parents. Many other immigrants, too, have blue-collar parents. And so when you get into corporate America, you don't know the way. You don't know which ways to go. You don't know what to do. Mentors show you the way. They're trusted advisors to help you navigate where to go. Uh, so I think mentorship is so huge, so important. The other lesson is something called implicit bias. 
And that is the nature for human beings to really gravitate towards people that remind them of themselves. What that can mean is people who are underrepresented, women, people of color, they sometimes get pushed out because of this implicit bias. So they're not selected for promotions, they're not selected for new projects, they're not selected for raises. We just have to be aware of those implicit biases so we can figure out ways to mitigate it. But those two things definitely rang true with all the people I spoke with. So navigating through that, I get it about a mentor. And obviously, who was your mentor? Yeah, the first person who hired me for my first corporate job was a man named Jeff Grayling. He's great. I still talk to him to to this day. He showed me the ropes. He took me under his wing. He saw something in me I didn't even see for myself. And so a wonderful mentor that is still very close with me today. Did you find that your education was a help? Uh, in terms of getting a mentor, finding people to guide you? Was that part of the growth of uh, achieving your success? Education definitely helps. I did my undergrad at Fordham. I did my master's degree at NYU. I did my doctorate at Baruch. So from kindergarten to my doctorate degree, I did all my schooling in in New York City. And what, what that does is you meet other people. You get part of the alumni association of those schools. You find people that have already did what you're trying to do, and that allows you to increase your network. And I think people say this all the time, your network is your net worth. And so having people that you can lean on and speak to and ask for advice is so important. And one of the best ways to find those people is through your alumni association. So yes, education definitely helped me, absolutely helped me. You know, I I, I need you to repeat something you said, because I think it's so powerful that your network, your network is your net worth. Could you expound a little bit on that? Because I I think that is such a powerful remark you just made. Sure. So your network is your net worth. Every opportunity that you will stumble upon, whether it's a new job, whether it's advice, whether it's figuring out how to negotiate uh, a salary increase, whether it's finding a, a new home, you know, it's, it's any, anything you're going to work on. If you have people around you that are smarter than you, that are just as upwardly mobile, that have the same kind of uh, focus on getting things done, you can lean on them for help. They will also lean on you. And so it's very important to surround yourself with really, really strong people that you look up to uh, because that's only going to make you better. The, the analogy I use is in when you run track, you always try to run with people who run faster than you because then you end up running faster. And so it's the same thing with your network. You want to surround yourself with people that are really, really strong and really, really smart, because then you'll end up being stronger and and smarter. You know, I know you are one of our 100 power people in the Bronx at our networking event. And I base my life on creating networking opportunities with people. So this resonated very specially with me because I believe in that from my gut. Yeah. That we must network with people to be able to broaden our relationship and then stay in touch. So I don't know if your mentor was somebody you stayed in touch with or was it a, um, a long-term kind of relationship that you feel helps you? What, what would you recommend for people who want to be as successful as you have become? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have mentors for a reason, but you can also have mentors for a season. And so my mentor that I told you about, Jeff Grayling, I am still close to him to this day. We spoke last week and our conversations have changed over time because before 
I was, you know, entry level. He was a senior vice president. And now that I'm a senior vice president and he's now president of a company, our conversations have changed. We're, we're no longer sort of in this teacher-student relationship. Now we're almost peers. And so our dialogues are very different, but we've grown together. He's seen me grow. I've watched him grow. And the relationship is so strong and it's so, so beneficial. So I think you can have mentors long-term, but also there's going to be mentors in your life that are there for a specific season. And that's okay too. And uh, they can be there specifically for you to get through something. And once that happens, always keep in touch with them. You can wish them a happy Thanksgiving once a year. You can wish them a happy birthday. You just want to keep in touch with them because you never know when they may need you or you may need them. Well, that's very profound. You know, I think that your advice, having a network is probably something that everybody listening to this program will appreciate and will hopefully embrace because that is how we grow is through the people we know. And we can get to know people by networking. It's a kind of wonderful circle, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I often, I often call my life a spider web. This one connected me to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've, you've mastered that as a now senior vice president. We're so delighted to be talking with Errol Pierre, who is the senior vice president and in charge of all state programs for Health First, who has become a major player in our healthcare world of the region of the Northeast. So thank you so much, Earl. I've been delighted talking with you. And thank you for your time. And thank you for your wonderful service to our city and our region. Thank you so much for having me. This was an awesome conversation. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck in your future endeavors, and especially living in Brooklyn. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Till next time, this is Victoria Schnepp signing off. Bye now. Bye.